You're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Hi, this is Martin Luther King III, and you're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio host Michael Nimmons. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker and minister, Michael Nemens. And guys, you're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. We are so very excited, guys, that you've tuned in to yet another brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And let me say this is a very, very special edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show for a number of great reasons. Of course, it's Black History Month and all throughout this month we are celebrating black history and the black history makers that have been on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN, you will know that um, each and every day we are uh, recognizing uh, the individuals that have been on our show uh, each day on, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I just want to give them a quick shout out as we get ready to get started for tonight's show. And the first person is Reverend Marcia L. Dyson. Number two is comedian Griff from Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell. Uh, Number three is Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Rochelle Riley. Number four is all pro uh, wide receiver Derek Mason. Number five is Emmy winning uh, journalist and anchor woman Carolyn Clifford. Uh, six is number is legendary iconic uh, iconic radio host John Mason. Of course, you know him as Mason. Uh, number seven is general counsel and vice president of Western Air Rexy Rowe. Uh, number eight is vice president of ESPN and managing editor at the Undefeated at Kevin Merida. Uh, number nine is iconic uh, photographer for the stars Monica Morgan. Number ten is distinguished professor Dr. Peniel Joseph, author of The Sword and Shield. Number eleven is the first black mayor of East Point, Michigan. Uh, Monique Mayor Monique Owens number 12 is the CEO of Forgotten Harvest my good friend Kirk Mays number 13 is Dr. Jennifer Cobina criminologist and professor at Michigan State University 
And number 14 is Dr. Frederick Douglass Haynes III, pastor of Friendship West Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. And number 15 is Detroit Praise Network radio host Randy Miles. And today's uh, Black History Maker for uh, the month of February is none other than Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist. So happy to have had him on the Thinking Out Loud radio show he was on when he was a candidate for Detroit City Clerk. And of course, now he he is the first ever elected black lieutenant governor of the of the state of Michigan and uh, so very proud of this young man again guys these are individuals that we're not just celebrating as black history makers but they have actually been on a thinking out loud radio show so guys this is a way for us to really share with you why it's so very important to subscribe to the thinking out loud radio show because we have the best guests that are bringing you their best mind we have the best minds the best guests that are bringing you their best thoughts only on the thinking out loud radio show and you you need to be tuned in every single Tuesday because you don't know who we're going to be talking to next. And that's it, guys. That is the bottom line. That is it. And tonight's show is definitely uh, evidence of that because we are talking to the global human rights advocate and son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Martin Luther King III. He is on the show with us on tonight and will be on uh, for the next week as well. So, guys, this is a great show. I'm telling you, you need to do this right now. Now, go and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. You can hit the pause button right now. Uh, hit the pause button. Hit the uh, subscribe button. That way you won't miss one episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Because, guys, this is one of the fastest growing podcasts online right now. And you definitely need to be a part of what's happening right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you're a first-time listener, been listening to us before, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to spend it with us right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. One thing we're going to be doing for those that are subscribers to the show, uh, if you send us an email at contact at michaelnemis.com or send us a DM on Instagram or Facebook or on Twitter and let us know that you subscribe to the podcast, we're going to give you a shout out right during the show. That's right, guys. So just send us an email at contact at michaelnemis.com. Let us know that you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're going to give you a shout out during the show. And uh, we're also going to take it one step further than that in the month of March in the month of March that's going to be our listener appreciation month and all throughout the month of March if you subscribe to the podcast if you rate review and uh, if you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, not only are we going to give you a shout out during the show, but we're also going to post your picture on our Instagram feed as well. So send us a send us a photograph at contact at michaelnemis.com. We're going to post your picture on our Thinking Out Loud Instagram page, TOL Radio Host MSN, where we feature all of our posts for our show. So send us. Uh, 
uh, a, a photograph after you subscribe to the podcast, after you've rated and reviewed the podcast, and we're going to post your picture on our Instagram page because we're going to be very, we're celebrating our listeners. We want to appreciate you and let you know that we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to spend it with us. So, so guys, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and we're going to take care of you right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I hope you do that for us because we want to do something special for you. Also, guys, make sure you catch us live after the, the for the after show at 930 on our Instagram. We had a great time last week uh, chopping it up after our uh, mouthpiece um, uh, mouthpiece interview. He, unfortunately, he was unable to make it. He gave his regards, though. He was uh, tied up doing some other things. But we talked about uh, the interview with mouthpiece and talked about a few other things as well as leading up to the reveal of who our guest was going to be for the next two weeks in the month of February, none other than global advocate, um, human rights advocate, uh, Martin Luther King III. So again, very excited to have him on the show with us on tonight. We also have another special announcement for you guys as well. In addition to our show being available on all of the major podcasting networks like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Well, not Google Play isn't uh, isn't doesn't exist anymore, but tune in um, radio.com, Spreaker, uh, Detroit Praise Network, uh, Radio Public. I mean, the list goes on and on. We are now available on Audible. That's right, guys. We are now available on Audible. So, many of you, you already have subscriptions to Audible, you listen to books online and whatnot. You can also check out the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast from Audible. That makes it so much easier for you, right? Because you're already subscribed to to the uh, to Audible, so you can also subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show uh, podcast right from Amazon Audible. Isn't that great? I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I am so, so very excited about that, and I hope you are as well. So, guys, our territory is growing, and I hope you grow with us. Again, follow us at, on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at TOL radio host MSN do us a favor and subscribe to our thinking out loud uh, TV uh, channel on YouTube as well our subscribers are growing we're at 510 now we want to get up to a thousand subscribers uh, I'm sure there are there are many YouTube channels that you can subscribe to guys but we're going to be continuing to add content there as well so subscribe to our thinking out loud TV uh, channel on YouTube we're posting exclusive podcast content there we're going to be uh, putting up clips from our uh, interviews with Martin Luther King the third with Dr. Peniel Joseph with John Mason with Randy Miles mouthpiece I mean guys and and we and if you thought that if you thought that uh, that we had reached our pinnacle, believe me, guys, we are just now getting started. We are just getting started. This is just the beginning. The best is certainly yet to come. So stick with us, guys. The best thing for you, advice that I can give you right now, is to click the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Well, guys, we're going to take our first break of the night. When we come back, we're getting right into our interview with none other than 
global human rights advocate and son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Martin Luther King III. He's here with us, and we're sharing with you that interview on the other side of the break. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Maya Nimmons, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast. And now, available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Stephanie D. Sanders, award-winning singer, songwriter, author, voiceover artist, and more. Heard on shows like the Time Join the Morning Show and the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Book Stephanie D. Sanders to voice over your podcast or radio intros or commercials. Do yourself a favor and visit stephaniedsanders.com and upgrade your podcast or radio show by booking Stephanie D. Sanders. You'll definitely be glad that you did. Good friend of ours, iconic, legendary radio host right here in Detroit, John Mason. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you, Pastor Michael, man. Head <laughs> out of a cloud and always listen to Thinking It Out Loud. It'll change your life. It'll do it. And every time you watch and listen, it'll change your life every day. Tune in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. with radio host Michael Nimmons. Available everywhere you listen to your podcast and now available for download on the Detroit Praise Network app. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. If you believe in social justice, if you believe that black lives matter, if you believe that voting will bring about a change in November, if you believe that Jesus Christ is king, then you need to be listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I'm radio host Michael Nemens, and if all of your answers are yes, then you need to join me Tuesdays at 8 p.m. on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Available everywhere you listen to your podcast, including michaelnemons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked.
And we are back on a great, I mean, a phenomenal edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I have somebody on the line today that is a tremendous figure uh, that I just cannot wait to uh, talk to uh, on tonight. Uh, you know, he is uh, someone I'm sure that, uh, you know, everybody knows. And uh, because of his uh, connection with uh, an iconic, legendary figure in his father. But I want to give him a proper introduction before we get into his interview on tonight. Um, he is the eldest son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And today he is the global human rights activist and chairman of the Drum Major Institute. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show, Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King III. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you. I'm certainly honored to have the opportunity to share. We are so, so very honored and humbled to have you on the show with us, sir. It is, uh, I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it is for us to be talking to you. Um, I'm not only a admirer of your dad um, and all that he has done, obviously, for uh, civil rights and equality in this country and even around the world, but I'm also an admirer of yours because uh, you've taken up his legacy and um, and have done, uh, I think, a commendable job in representing him and uh, and his legacy as well. Well, thank you. Absolutely. You know, I want to start here. Um, what was it like? What is it like? Not what was it like? Because uh, we all know that Dr. King was assassinated. At, um, when he was assassinated, he was a very young man, but you were a very young child at the time. So this question really speaks to um, what is it like for you today? being the uh, the son of such an iconic and legendary figure as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So I look at it as a tremendous, uh, really blessing. Um, people sometimes choose to talk about, well, isn't it a, a burden? Mm. Um, and I, I've just always, you know, I think everything in life is your perspective. Um, if you, engage and process things negatively, then you get negativity. But if you try to exhibit and exude positivity, that's what happens. And so, you know, you can look at the glass as half empty or, or half full. Right. Uh, no matter what the challenge is. Now, the reality is, you know, I've had an extraordinary uh, life. Uh, mm. So many opportunities that I shared with my father in a very short period of time. I was 10 years old when he was killed in 1968. And uh, of course, I shared far more opportunities because I had uh, the ability, well, because my mother lived so much longer, uh, started the Martin Luther King Center for Nonviolent Social Change. Uh, worked very hard to get the Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Uh, junior, uh, national holiday. Uh, worked very hard to raise money to sustain the organization. Raised uh, the, my, uh, actually, there are only three of us now, but there were four siblings. Right. Um, and just a host of other things that mother did throughout her life. Right. Uh, where I was able to learn from 
from from her. I, I learned from dad, but I learned from dad mostly to by her. listening to speeches and sermons uh, after he was deceased. Mm. Right. And, you know, and, and mentioning Dr. King, I certainly could not um, uh, forget to mention his um, historic and iconic wife, Coretta uh, Scott King as well. Um, she um, did a, a tremendous job in carrying on his legacy, even after he was gone as well. And I'm sure, um, you know, you can attest to that. And, and, uh, and, and speaking about him, you know, what, what are some of your thoughts about, about your mother as well and how, you know, she held up, uh, losing her husband that's, you know, so young, uh, in the, in the, in the movement and, and so suddenly, well, interestingly enough, um, I never focused on the, it this way, but I was raised in a single parent home by a single mm. parent, mostly wow. uh, from 10 years old on. Wow. and, uh, mother, uh, on April 4th, 1968, which was a Thursday, dad was killed on April 8th, uh, 1968, um, uh, mom, went to Memphis and led a march that my father was supposed to have led. Uh, and we came back to Atlanta on the three older ones of us, that is my older sister, Yolanda, who's deceased, my brother, Dexter, and I. Dexter's younger than I am, and Bernice is the youngest. Uh, the only three of us that are living today are myself, Dexter, and Bernice. Right. But mom took the three older ones of us, and she went to Memphis and you think about no one had been captured for the murder of her husband. Uh, it was not necessarily a safe environment, but she carried on instead. And then you think about the fact that uh, many times to create an institution or an organization, it takes a long time to lay it out and structure it. Uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. Center, which my mother and friends founded, started in June. Dad was killed in April. Two months later, an organization was created to institutionalize uh, the work that he did and create a living memorial. Now, it was a little longer before the actual physical buildings were, were erected because money had to be raised. But the right. vision was there in 1968 at the time of his death. It's quite, quite amazing. Mom was kind of stronger than an ox. Mm. <laughs> In, in a sense. And, you know, as I think about it and in retrospect, uh, I never saw her really cry uh, during those times. During, I'm sure she grieved just as we grieved when my father was killed. But mother personified a kind of strength and dignity. So we as children attempted to emulate our mother. And to some degree, I'm sure that was very difficult because you want to cry. You want to do normal, emotional kind of things. But because of what you see in your sphere, you exhibit that same kind of behavior. So I don't know that I grieved initially over a period of time, yes, but not initially. And it was all because we were, we were attempting to hold up what we thought we should be doing. But that's, not a, that's an observation, not a criticism. I, you know, my, my mother was was really amazing. Just a, 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 and I was sharing with someone just the other day. They met 
in graduate school. Uh, Dad was at Boston University working on his PhD. Mom was at the Boston Conservatory of Music, and she was working on her master's in, in music, which she did earn, and became, uh, during the time uh, the dad was the president of SCLC, the organization that he did a lot of his work within, mom would go around to communities and sing to raise money for the organization. But here's my higher point. When they met, mother had already been involved in peace demonstrations. She'd gone around parts of the world to be involved in peace. Dad had never done that at that particular point. And so he often said that mother, they read a lot of the same books, by the way. So they were, uh, they, they, they were uniquely situated to become one, to become partners. And dad would say that mom brought him to the peace movement because she, pre, she preceded him in terms of going and being a part of peace demonstrations. Uh, but mother had a remarkable amount of work. As I said, I remember when there was a union being created in uh, 1199, which is hospital workers, just make sure that hospital workers were treated fairly. Mom led that in Charlotte, North Carolina, and um, yeah, Charlotte, I believe, North uh, South Carolina. Um, so she was always involved in, in her own right. Now, that, of course, that was after dad's death, around 70, 71. Um, she was the first day speaker at St. Paul's Cathedral in London, England in 1969. Uh, she visited every member of the United States Senate and many of the members in the House to lobby them for the King holiday. It didn't just happen automatically. Right, um, right. It was because of the work that she, that she did. Um, I remember we were in South Africa in 1986 for the first time. And of course, we went back later uh, for Mr. Mandela's inauguration in 93. But in 86, when we visited, uh, our goal was to meet with everyone. The tradition of nonviolence says you meet with everyone. So we had a meeting scheduled with the president of South Africa, who was really not a great person. I mean, he was a traditional white boar. Um, which is how they preferred, I think, to themselves. But he was uh, obviously a racist, a strong apartheid person. Um, his name was P.W. Bota. Mm. And Mrs. Mandela and Alan Bosak, a minister, uh, basically said, OK, while we respect your tradition, if you want to meet with us, you're not going to be, we, you know, if you're going to meet with P.W., then, you know, you might as well not meet with us. So mother had to make an executive decision and decided, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not gonna meet with the president. In the tradition of nonviolence, as I say, you wanna meet with everybody. But in this context, that was not what was warranted. And mm -hmm. so she backed out. I remember an article being on the front of the paper, Mrs. King snubs PW. <laughs> um, and uh, there were all kinds of experiences throughout my life. I remember we also went to jail, my sister and I and my aunt with my mother uh, when we were protesting in Washington, D.C. at the South African Embassy. Uh, and I could go on and on because, as I said, I had so many more experiences with mom than I did with dad. Dad, I got to travel with about eight times. The mm -hmm. last time he was mobilizing in December, I mean, well, it was between October and December of 67. 
and he was mobilizing for the poor people's campaign where he's going to bring together poor blacks, whites, Native Americans, Americans from all walks of life to say to policymakers that we demand the right to decent jobs with decent pay. We demand a living wage. Of course, that was to happen and have happened in May of 68. He was killed in April. But I traveled with him to one of the last uh throughout the state of Georgia. He was going to four or five cities. And my brother Dexter and I traveled with him. That was, I think, the last opportunity that we had. We used to go to the YMCA to get exercise with him once a week. So we had amazing experiences. But again, I had so many more with my mother because of the length of time that she lived. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. for your business then check out Demiree Graphics need flyers business cards t-shirts or website for your business then check out Demiree Graphics the people at Demiree Graphics will get you right for your next business venture they're professional creative courteous and they get the job done right every time check out the team at Demiree Graphics give them a call today at 734-219-5266 Demiri Graphics, bringing your imagination to life. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. Minneapolis, Minnesota to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. I know you're enjoying part one of our Black History Leaders Masterclass featuring global human rights advocate Martin Luther King III. Let's get back into this powerful and insightful interview. Just listening to you recount some of those experiences just gives me chills because, you know, we're, we're, it's like... Um, the pages of history are, are being lifted off of a book and we're and we're talking directly to someone that's lived it and that's just truly remarkable um i know you guys are enjoying our interview with uh the distinguished son of dr martin luther king jr martin luther king the third and so happy to have him on the thinking out loud radio show with us on tonight and you know as you were talking i got to thinking about uh, the Martin Luther King holiday and observance, you know, something that you said your 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 sainted mother um, worked so hard uh, to, 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 to have as a memory and memorial of her husband, Dr. King. And I wanted to know from you, um, do you feel, uh, you know, or how do you feel uh, sometimes when this holiday comes up and you find individuals who um, might be uh, representing or even misrepresenting your father's legacy uh, because they don't believe uh, the way he believes, but they use this holiday as a way to uh, mask who they really are in some respects. You know, um, it is, it, do you feel like your, your dad's legacy is some, is sometimes misused by individuals who didn't believe the way he believed? And then do you feel like the MLK observance is sometimes taken for granted, not just by those who don't, who don't believe the way your dad believed, but even by those of us who did believe the way he believed? So I would have to say that there's one school of thought that people in every genre can find something about Martin Luther King Jr. that they can apply to their lives. The problem is how you choose to translate what he said and what he did. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they are those who take his words and misconstrue them for their purposes, which is not what he meant them for. So example, right. example, you can talk about certain aspects of him talking about people being judged by the color of their skin. Uh, I mean, by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. And you can use that to try to say he was against affirmative action, but that's not true. Because right. if you read further, you'll find that he supported affirmative action for those who had been excluded and left out of the process. And that was one remedy. That was not the only uh, but that was a partial remedy uh, to include those who have been left out of the process. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's sometimes troubling. On the one hand, it's intriguing that people 
choose to use his words. Well, Dr. King said this, mm-hmm. but it's perplexing when you use them out of context and wrong. It's not not so much perplexing, but it's these many of these are politicians. So you understand they're trying to use something for their own, the wrong, the, the right thing for the wrong reason and in mm-hmm. the wrong way. Right. So we have to check them every time they do that, in my judgment. Mm-hmm. And we have to say we have to call them out. And I, I don't mean personally, but I'm saying when someone interprets something wrong, then you have to correct and say, well, no, this is what my father meant. I often find myself doing that. So, um, you know, that's something that we'll have to probably always do. There's going to be always someone out there who's going to be trying to use uh, parts of his words inappropriately for what their objectives are. And it's, if you don't know, if you don't understand the context, then you, you may miss the mark. You may miss the moment. Uh, we don't have the luxury of missing the moment. There was an, another part of the question that you asked that I have. Yeah, the, the, the other part of the question is even for those of us who who believe uh, the way your dad believed and believed in nonviolence and believed in equal justice and uh, and, and all of those things. Um, do you do you think that even the, the MLK observance is taken for granted from those of us who do believe the way he believed. You know, I, I don't know that it's taken for granted because here's the way I look at it. First of all, it sort of is an oxymoron because a holiday by virtue of its name means a day where you chill, maybe <laughs> where you relax, you kick back. Mm-hmm. So the King holiday is unique and different because it's not a day off. It's a day on. Mm. That's the first thing. And the way I look at it every year, I have to, I'm asked the question, well, how far have we come toward achieving the dream? Right. And it's interesting that dad was born in January because every January we all talk about our new year's resolutions. And sometimes we achieve those resolutions and can evaluate and say, okay, we got new resolutions. And other times we don't. So what I'm able to say every year is no, we did not achieve the dream uh, fully of Martin Luther King Jr., but we have an opportunity in January to start anew. Uh, and, you know, part of the holiday is about service because dad used to say, he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Right. All of us can be servants. It does not matter where you're from. Uh, we can all serve humanity and serve our community, serve society. Um, you know, if all of us as a society of 300 million people, of 150 million, 200 million of us were doing just a little bit every week, um, whether it was tutoring whether it, or mentoring, whether it was helping seniors, whether it was cleaning up communities, whether it was focusing on the eradication of poverty, if all of us or a substantial amount of us were doing just a little every week, we would have a dramatically different nation and ultimately a dramatically different world in a very short period of time. Um, we know the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first steps. So I don't know that, I hope that people do not take it for granted. I, I, I can't say that. I mean, I think we know every year the holidays coming. So there are certain things that we do traditionally around the holiday activity. Sometimes they're parades, sometimes they're marches, all that's good, but we got to do even more, uh, so much more to change our country, to change our community, 
uh, to empower uh, people within our community. If your dad were, were alive today, you know, I'm curious to know what would he say about the state of our country um, in the middle of the worst pandemic that we've ever been in our nation's history, um, coming off the heels of one of the worst presidencies in U.S. history, a president who's taken the country in a direction that it may take decades for us to recover from and ironically preceded by two of the most transcendental, uh, one, well, transcendental figures in U.S. history, one of which is President Barack Obama, the first black president of the United States, and now the inauguration of the first vice president, female vice president, African-American, Asian Pacific vice president, and Kamala Harris. You know, I would love to get your thoughts on uh, what would he say about the state of our country with all that has happened and um and what would his what you do you think his thoughts would be and and of course we would like to know what yours are as well so i'm not really sure that any of us could um clearly enumerate what he would say um, right i can only speculate right uh but what i will say is that had he lived, we would be on a totally different trajectory. I agree. Had he lived and been able to complete the work that he started, he wanted to eradicate what he called were the triple evils from our nation, which are poverty, racism, and militarism. He said, uh, I sort of changed militarism to violence, the eradication mm -hmm. of poverty, racism, and violence from our society. Right. Um, but if he just arrived and saw things as they were uh, today, he would be greatly disappointed in what had just what had happened over the last four years, particularly. Right. Uh, be disappointed because uh, many in our nation four years ago didn't participate in the electoral process. And so it allowed the and the fact that you know, a woman candidate was running Hillary Clinton and many people did not like her uh, for whatever reason, um, you know. But the fact of the matter um, is a lot of people did elect Donald Trump. And that that is very unfortunate because of what he chose to do. Right. He was a great divider. Um, he intentionally divided people consistently every day. He intentionally did things that w would have us feel that he was definitely a racist um, and things that did impact communities, whether it was separating children from their families, whether it was calling um, Af certain African countries and Haiti and other countries, S-hole countries. Um, you know, whether it was talking about there were good people on both sides uh, in Charlottesville, Virginia. Right. When a, a march took place and the list. Go, and then the it's greatest on the Capitol was to turn the people. Right. The nation against the United States Capitol when a 
legal proceeding was taking place. Right. Confirm the election uh, to validate or certify the election. The United States Congress has a job to do. And this man had people come there and were attempting to tear up everything. Mm. That's a sick human being. Uh, And it always is about himself. Uh, He never told his followers, stand down, never told his followers, you know what, we lost, we need to go back, uh, reevaluate, we'll come back another day even stronger. Maybe that's what he could have said. But the fact of what he, so I think my, my father would be greatly disappointed saying, you know, this is not what America is. America is so much better than what we've seen over the last four years. Now, the other side of the coin is he'd be very pleased that 81 million Americans came out and elected a new president with a new vision who had the foresight to put a black woman on his ticket, a black and Southeast Asian woman right. on his ticket, uh, with, to run with him. And he'd be so proud that Americans came together that, you know, it's, it's uh, good. It's, it feel, felt like good triumphing over evil because there are those, while 75 million people don't, they may not think this way, but 81 million people thought at least we were going in the wrong direction. I don't, I don't, I, I, I guess tra- uh, characterizing it as good over evil was maybe strong, but that's certainly what it felt like uh, because the new president, President Biden, has come in and he's signed, uh, you know, 40 or 50 executive orders that at least began to turn things around. Right. It's going to take a while because this is a huge The government is a huge like a huge ship and you can't turn on a dime. No, it takes time. But the beauty of a situation is unlike someone, even when Mr. Trump came in, he knew what he was going to do and he just went about doing it. But he didn't know anything about government. No. Mr. Biden understands how to, he, if, if it can be done, he'll do it quicker than any president ever has because of his 40 years of being there already, understanding how to get stuff done, how to get bills passed, how everything that needs to be. And he's all, everything that he said that he's going to do um, initially, he's begun to do those things. And that's impressive. Um, Because we did need to turn and go in a different direction. We did need to reach out to our allies around the world and rebuild relationships. All of that is happening. He said he's going to deal with racism. He's already had executive orders addressing racial intolerance, even around policing. And now that has to be followed up with legislation, by the way. There's the George Floyd Policing Act that was passed in the House. Now, because the Senate has a majority, and I might add that we in Georgia uh, are so thankful that we were able to uh, elect uh, Reverend uh, Raphael Warnock, the pastor right. of Ebenezer, who's co-pat, who was, it was actually Ebenezer's the church my father co-pastored. So Reverend Warnock comes out of the King tradition. Right. And John Ossoff, the first Jewish senator from the state of Georgia, did, which gave the Democratic Party majority. So now some of those bills can be heard. Right. Um, I think dad would be very pleased with the direction that we're trying to address. The fact that common sense tells you if you have a pandemic that impacts your nation and the world, 
you got to roll up your sleeves and everybody has to focus on working to address and eradicate that problem. That's what the president, President Biden and Vice President Harris are doing. Then, you know, you got to address the economic issues. I think the president is probably going to do something around infrastructure, which will create millions of jobs, good paying jobs, probably for the next 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be able to do that, I, you know, get that passed through legislation uh, so that people can go back to work, so that the economy can come back, so that people can begin to take care of themselves and their families. Tragically, this pandemic has been one of the most terrible things that our nation and all the nations of the world would have to face. Right. Certainly from an economic standpoint, when you look at the hotels, you look at the businesses, the restaurants, uh, the businesses that just have been lost and may not ever come back. Uh, but but we will be able to, over a period of time, I think, rebuild an economy. The first thing, you got to get the p- pandemic under control. So, you know, I think, again, Dad would be very pleased, and I'm very pleased with what I see initially. Um, and I think that we're going to be changing course and headed in the right direction. We're going to, we are re-engaged in the, in the uh, Paris climate accord. I mean, everybody, well, I don't say everybody, but many people realize that the climate scenario is certainly not just out of control, but there's something wrong where we're seeing more and more ice caps melting. We're seeing, you know, storms and all kinds of things that don't make sense. Uh, and if we as a human species around the world do not work together to address this problem, there won't be a problem to address. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. award-winning journalist, Carolyn Clifford. As journalists, we just have to keep doing what we're doing day in and day out. All we can do is report the truth in a non-biased manner, and everything else will work itself out. Activist and thought leader, Marcia L. Dyson. Obviously not Nancy Pelosi, because again, because of social media, she said what she said, but that she's not going to be the ones who stopped uh, her colleagues from not only thinking out loud, but talking out loud, whoever they are, authentically. Pastor and intellectual, Dr. Frederick Haynes III. The black church, according to the uh, brilliant author and historian and scholar, L.H. Welchel, uh, he said the black church was born as a protest movement. 
uh, that's the reason the black church came to be. And if we're going to be honest to uh, scripture, I mean, the church itself uh, came out protesting. It was a movement of prophetic witness uh, to, you know, the insurrection of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. 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 Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. hope you enjoyed part one of our Black History Leaders Masterclass featuring global human rights advocate Martin Luther King III. Let's hear the conclusion of part one of this powerful and insightful interview. And I, I cannot agree with you um, anymore uh, I, 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 I totally agree uh, that, um, that that that's got to be a priority of ours. And it just goes to show you, um, and I like the characterization you made about the government being a ship that you can't just turn on a dime, but you have to guide it and it has to be gradually turned. And, 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 and that's why it's so important to have the right captain at the at the st- at the uh, at the wheel because if you have the wrong captain at the wheel the ship is going to turn in the wrong direction and I'm thankful that we do have uh, someone who uh, I believe and I believe you believe um, is the right person at this particular juncture to turn the ship in the right direction and speaking of that um, we talked about you know probably one of the most transcendental presidents in President Barack Obama, um, you know, him becoming the 44th president, uh, you know, back in 2008 or nine there, thereabout. And uh, his presidency was so remarkable. And then coming off the heels of that presidency, going into one of the worst presidencies, if not the worst in U.S. history in Donald Trump, you know, my question is, how far do you think uh, the Trump administration has set our country back with his crooked policies, his treasonous and narcissistic ways from the vicious lies about the election to 
again, the nation of the siege on the nation's capital, what uh, President Biden is calling the seat of our democracy. You know, how much damage has he really done and and can our nation recover from it? Um, and then my last question in the midst of all of this, do you think that the Democrats um, are right in pursuing impeachment charges and ultimately convicting this former president in Donald Trump? So I think the damage that he, some of the damage he's done is, is so much irreparable harm that, that it's going to take some time. And I don't know what some time means. Mm. I, I think that if the Democratic Party delivers, particularly around jobs and, and I mean, you know, people, you, they, the racism part of it is going to just take time to, to work through. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is, thank God, the mat that the majority of the people do not harbor that mentality, even some of those who supported him. Mm. The, they are sometimes they exhibit and embrace racism and they don't even realize it. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, many whites in America, they've had they have a totally different experience than we do as black folk when it comes to policing. Right. So they historically could not relate to what we said about police. Why do you run from police? Because the police always have, we have experiences, not good experience. You know, you didn't do anything. Well, you know, you didn't do anything, but if you don't run in case, in many cases, you will still be put in jail. That's not what happens to white folk. Their experience is different. So they don't understand. Well, why are you running? You didn't do anything. Yes, we know we didn't do anything. But if we don't run, and I'm not advocating running, I'm just giving an explanation. Of course. If we don't run, then you will be marked. You will be put in jail. You will, And it's a vicious cycle. This happens, as we know with us, you know, daily. Mm. And so that doesn't make a person who doesn't see that a bad person. But you got they they now they see it because, you know, everybody saw what happened with George Floyd, the policeman becoming the judge, jury and executioner all in one. Right. Supposed to protect and serve. It was almost like blinders were on. And oh, my God. And then, of course, you've got smartphones that help capture these images. It's not that there are more images today. It's just that we have a device to capture. Mm-hmm. And so people were able to see it. These things have always been happening. Now, the reality is now that we all know, maybe we will do the right thing and address it. Right. For once and for all. And that's, you know, really what the hope is. So, you know, getting back to what Mr. Trump did, how much harm um, and, you know, I don't think we've even we've even I think we have to evaluate this over time. But by the same token, we have to correct. We have to have a course correction, which is what the president, President Biden is doing. I think that, you know, the reason why impeachment was effective and why conviction ought to occur in the Senate is because what this man did was was treasonous. It was sedition. It was. And he should be under the jail. Mm. And I, I don't I don't know if I really mean that or should say that. But what he did, if anyone else had done it, they would put them under the jail. So why do you Absolutely. have a standard for this person 
who and, and it's hard for me to understand how any senator, 45 Republican senators, could vote to say, well, let's just let this go. It, it's a waste of time. It is not a waste of time. Somebody turned people on you, and they right. came prepared to do you in, and you think that's all right? There's something wrong with that. And so, you know, most of those people maybe need to be, uh, you know, in theory, run out of office. Right, right. In my judgment. Oh, you know, I agree. That's just crazy. I mean, if, if you don't see this for what it is and understand, you know, that this man needs consequences. Now, if, if, if he'd been calling for peaceful protest and, and that's what happened, you know, there wouldn't have been a need for an impeachment. But because he was calling for the kind of protest that they engaged in, and although he's going to lie and say he didn't and his lawyers are going to say all that, we have the words to document the show. The American exactly. public will be able to see for itself if it chooses to open its eyes, if they, those who are still with him. Because that should be enough. There have already been people who've left the Republican Party because of the activities that he engaged in. Uh, but there's still far too many who still support, you know, this this presence. Right. Um, and part of that is racism. You know, I think that there are white Americans who are afraid that America is soon going to be a minority majority nation because Latinos and Hispanics and blacks together will outnumber the whites who've been the majority for so long. So I think that's part of the problem. We, it's take that, that racism element is taking its last breath. But there's nothing that can be done. This, this is a foregone conclusion. The numbers are going to change. And that means that dramatically there will be uh, some kind of changes in terms of those who are elected and everything else. But it does not mean that people will not be fair. Just because you are of a different ethnic group doesn't mean that you can't be fair to all, because that's the kind of scenario that we need to, to create. So I, I hope, I don't expect it, honestly, but I, I hope that they can get 16 senators to join with the 50 Democrats mm. um, to actually convict the president, because what he did is almost unforgivable um, and he should have consequences. And that, by the way, he got away, as you said, you talked about, there were so many things that he did. Well, we can't go back and deal with everything. Now, no. some of this will be dealt with by, I think, the state attorney, the attorney general of New York and the, the city attorney, Cy Vance of New York, because those charges you know, are not necessarily federal charges, the estate and, and local charges of things that he did. But if something happens to him in that regard, in terms of charges that are foul, it is directly because of things that he did. Uh, and the law should uh, come after him. He's not president anymore. He has nowhere to hide. And uh, we'll see what happens.
And I completely agree with you. I I, I thought by now you we would have been hearing, you know, some <laughs> some some stories about or news about cases that uh, have come to light and and uh, and charges being brought against him because I really believe that the, that was the cover of the office that was protecting him from litigation and further litigation. But now that he's out and no longer president, uh, we, we definitely will see what the consequences are. And, you know, one thing you alluded to and uh, talking about the Republican Party, if 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 our country has been set back, I think that the Republican Party has been set back as well. And we're uh, looking at possibly the dissolution or the destruction of the of the Republican Party because of this one man. And what's unfortunate is in looking at this, you don't see anyone standing up for the Republican Party and the family values and the morals and and the principles of the party that, you know, it used to have before they let this madman uh, come into office. And, and that's the, 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 the strangest thing that's happened, you know, over these four years. I think if they had someone with a spine that spoke up, you know, then maybe he would not have run roughshod in this country. What are your thoughts? Well, I, th- I think so. I think that that, that he, he was never held accountable by no, he wasn't. party leadership. And as you as you say, I think the party is in deep stress. Right. Uh, you still have individuals who are extremists. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that it, it can recover, but I'm not sure that it, it will because you've got all of this extremism and this fear that the voters, I, I mean, you know, um, Lynn Cheney, who's the third, I think, um, congressperson on and the in house. charge in, in, the, in the house, right? Mm-hmm. side, and they're trying to get rid of her now because she voted her conscience. She and ten other Congress persons, incredible Republicans. Now, how sick is that? Right, that you are in your house. It, I mean, when you say it is really the people's house, the people's house, but right? It's where you reside and work, and people come in there with the intent to destroy it because the president told them to. And you think that's all right. Right. And you're going <laughs> to, he should not be prosecuted. Something is wrong. Something is There's wrong. A serious disconnect. <laughs> and as I said, I, I call it a sickness. These people are sick. Mm. Um, and, and in time, some of it will be addressed one, one way or the other. Um, you know, again, I don't know if they will convict president Trump. I hope that they do, but uh, nevertheless, you know, he, something's going to happen in some of these cities, even, even the state of New York and New York city. Uh, those are some very strong charges that have been talked allegations that have been talked about. And so I think that there have been people who've been waiting, laying for Trump to get, to go after him when they could. I mean, this man, uh, for years, would get work done on various properties of his, particularly in New Jersey. And because he had a lot of money, uh, when people sued him for work that they did, he would just out, you know, outlast them in court. Right. 
refuse to pay him. People end up going out of business. I mean, he just mistreated people. Now, some people who are slick think that that's, that's a smart man. That's a good, no, you don't mistreat people. If people do work and they do honorable work, they should be paid. They should be paid, right. This man did this to countless numbers of people. That's why it was hard for me to understand how someone who was so cruel could become the president of the United States. He never exhibited benevolence. If he had exhibited some benevolence, all he's ever shown is his care for himself. It's always about him. So how now are you all of a sudden interested in me when you've never demonstrated that you have an interest in anything but yourself, everything mm. that you've done in your life? Wow. He was able to f- scam and fool the masses of people. He mm-hmm. ran the biggest scam on this country than anybody has ever run. You're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you to believe. Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. What's cracking planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. You're listening.
listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. It's time. 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 For the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Thought of the Week. Tonight's start of the week in the spirit of Valentine's Day is entitled The Love Letter. I was thinking one night about the moment in time where the divine decision was made by God himself to transmute himself from a spiritual being to mortal flesh and become what he created in order to ultimately save his creation. In Matthew 1 and 1, the Bible chronicles the lineage of Jesus Christ who came down through 40 and two generations to redeem mankind back to himself. This is the letter that he penned to express himself about the mission to save mankind he was about to undertake. To my greatest creation, I'm writing this letter to express my deep love for mankind that is completely unprecedented and divine. A love that transcends the faults and flaws of this inherently sinful collection of mortal beings who without my intervention and involvement in their existence would not have made it this far and for this long. Ever since Adam and Eve disobeyed me in the Garden of Eden, I watch mankind devolve into a sinful and godless existence that is completely destructive and debilitating. It is true, before the foundation of the world, I knew the plight as well as the fate of mankind. After all, I created them in my image and my likeness. I created them with free will to choose even to reject me, a choice that I made for them in spite of the obvious consequences. I knew that many of them wouldn't choose me. I knew that many of them would choose materialism and wealth over me. I knew that many would choose money and fame over me. And in spite of their choices, I still knew that it was best to give them the ability to choose, even when I also knew they would not choose me. What a tremendous expression of love to know what man will choose and by making those choices available to them, fulfill their heart's desires and satisfy some of the most salacious lusts even though I knew the damage it would ultimately cause. But the lessons learned would be far greater than the losses they would encounter as a consequence of their choices. And yet, I still gave them the ability to choose. Having stood by centuries now and watched you destroy yourself over choices you decided to make was extremely difficult. And what's even worse is that you still didn't seem to learn from the lessons that the consequences did bring. Even though I knew that this was the fate of my greatest creation, this too is and was a consequence of choice. Remember, it was Adam and Eve that chose to eat of the fruit that I specifically told them not to eat thereof. But because Eve was deceived by the serpent and Adam was mesmerized by the beauty of Eve, they both put man on a crash course with death that only I could interrupt. 
with every commandment broken and every lamb or dove sacrifice. This only exacerbated man's sinful condition and time came for Redeemer to sacrifice himself so that mankind would have another chance to commune with their real father. When the time came for someone to be chosen, the lot was passed around from priest to prophet, from warrior to king, but no one was qualified to bear the sins of the world on their shoulders. No one was strong enough to endure the pain that this endeavor was going to present. No one could afford the price that needed to be paid for an entire creation that has utterly and literally turned their back on their creator. No one could do it but me. Mankind was so very valuable to me that I was willing to disrobe myself of my divinity and clothe myself in your mortality just to redeem mankind back to myself. I was willing to endure the persecution, the ridicule, and the physical agony, including the death of the cross, to give mankind an opportunity to return back in relationship with me. The bloodshed, the beatings, the weight of the enormous cross that I would have to carry up Golgotha's heel is nothing in comparison to the tremendous love that I have for you. The sacrifice I was getting ready to make for you will go down in history as the greatest and most unprecedented expression of love that was ever accomplished. There will be those who would have sacrificed their lives for a cause or even for some who they may deem worthy of their death. But the stark difference in their deaths and mine is that death is not where my life ends, but is actually where your life truly begins. My death is just a bridge to another more resilient and victorious life that will only be realized through the death of the cross. No one will ever be able to match the depth and the breadth of my love for you. My love for you is unparalleled, uncompromising, and incomparable, and my death will be forever considered to be the most unselfish act of love the world has ever seen. What I'm about to do is going to be used in millions of sermons and Bible studies as the greatest example of sacrifice and an even greater demonstration of love that will impact the world in ways you've never seen. My love is unconditional. My love is everlasting. My love is never changing. My love is pure. My love is what every man and woman needs and what every man and woman will ever want. And the greatness of my love was not just proven through the vestige of death, but it was realized through the miracle of resurrection. I rose as victoriously as I died. And while it seemed that my death was at the hands of other mortal men, my death was as divine and unconquerable as there ever was. I love you like no one will ever love you. And my love is more than you'll ever know. Signed. God.
you guys enjoyed uh, tonight's start of the week, the love letter in the spirit of uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, the Apostle John said it best, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm telling you guys. There is no greater gift that we could have ever received uh, than Jesus Christ. I love the way former uh, radio host Daryl Ford used to end every show with uh, God gave us the very best he had when he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you guys, that has not changed. There's no greater gift that we'll ever receive than his son, Jesus the Christ. Special shout out to global human rights advocate Martin Luther King III and the eldest son of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for being on the Thinking Out Loud radio show on tonight. I'm still pinching myself, guys. I cannot believe that I interviewed this gentleman and uh, I truly enjoyed it. He is a great man and um, I'm just excited about the fact that he was on the show with us on tonight talking about his dad's tremendous legacy uh, and uh, his mother's influence and and even sharing with us his thoughts about the current state of this country and uh, just so much more. This was part one of what we're calling the uh, Black History Leaders Masterclass taught by uh, one of the greatest instructors uh, I think uh, can teach uh, this type of lesson and that is Martin Luther King III. And so uh, I'm excited again uh, to share with you part one of this interview uh, to come back next week for part two where he talks more about uh, the current state of this country and uh, what his thoughts are about the future of the United States. So uh, I, I'm telling you guys, this is a master class you do not want to miss. Be sure to tune in next week because the show only gets even better. Uh, guys, I'm so excited again for uh, the platform that we have, uh, the guests that we've interviewed and uh, the things that we've been able to accomplish in these almost four years have been We've been doing the Thinking Out Loud radio show And it just keeps getting better And better and better Do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast Do it right now Do it right now before you go Hit the subscribe button there And uh, add us to your list Of podcasts that you listen to On a regular basis And rate and review our podcast As well when you do We're going to give you a shout out on the show And we're going to post your picture On our Instagram feed in the month of March. So send us your pictures at contact at michaelnemons.com or DM us on any of our social media outlets, uh, Twitter, Instagram or Facebook and we'll make sure that we post your picture on our Instagram as an appreciation for your uh, support of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. So guys, I hope you'll do us a favor and, and subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us and we're going to make sure we treat you well right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't don't forget, guys, that we're going to be live in just a few minutes on Instagram. So we hope we'll see you there, talking to you, sharing with you more insights on our interview with uh, Martin Luther King III, as well as giving you some clues about who we might be interviewing next in the month of March. So, guys, it's just getting better, and we're just getting started. So uh, I can't wait to see what God's going to do for us next. And I hope you 
you're just excited as we are as well. We're getting ready to get out of here. Always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio 